This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio. The new AM740. The world doesn't need another sports show. It needs an awesome sports show. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. Neil, the boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning and welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. I'm your host, Walter Rigabon. As usual, with me in studio, my co-host, Naz Marchese. Good morning. How are you this morning, Naz? Good, Wally. How are you? I'm uh, I'm excited. I'm excited and I'm excited because I'm uh, just to let our listeners know. Joining us in studio this morning, Toronto Argonaut legend. Oh, come on. <laughs> legend. You're a legend, Peter. Of course, we're talking about uh, uh, an esteemed friend of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, Peter Martin. Uh, Peter Martin was a, a great Argo linebacker from, the, from about 65 to 72. Uh, also, uh, if I'm going to read your resume a little bit, Peter, I have to tell our listeners that you were the C- one, uh, one of the two CFL alumni men of the year in 2016. You shared that award with Michael Pinball Clemens that year, if I recall correctly. That's correct. That's right. And uh, also, uh, uh, in some ways, the voice of the Toronto Argonauts for a long period of time, a 25-year history as a radio color commentator for the Argos. So you, you uh, and uh, just so uh, all our listeners are aware, we also live stream at www.zoomerradio.ca. And we've got some double blue blood in here today. Naz is decked out in his Toronto Argonaut cap. And Peter, you're, uh, you wear proudly your 19, uh, 19, your, your number 77 Toronto Argonaut jersey. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, when you play golf, you want to be able to shoot your age. Right? <laughs> <laughs> That's never going to happen with me, but at least I, my age now matches my number. <laughs> oh. <laughs> anyway, you look fantastic. If that is your age, Peter, uh, you look fantastic. Thanks so much for joining us. Obviously, it's a, it's a big day. Uh, in Toronto sports, uh, it is Grey Cup Sunday. Not only a big day in Toronto sports, it's a, it's a big day in Canadian sports. You know, um, I wake up on Grey Cup Sunday. Uh, to me, it's still there's something special about the Grey Cup. I know the Argos have had perhaps not the most fan support, to be fair, in the last uh, however many years you want to say, Um Certainly, but Grey Cup Sunday evokes for me uh, some significant memories. Uh, it certainly is a national celebration, uh, perhaps in Toronto, perhaps not as much as in some of the other uh, cities across the league, uh, although notwithstanding the incredible CFL tradition we do have in the city of Toronto, and you're obviously a big part of that, Peter. Mm-hmm. But let's talk a little bit about Grey Cup Sunday. When I think of Grey Cup Sunday... Uh, please forgive me. 
I think a Leon McQuay, oh. I think a Dick Thornton, I think in 1971. And we're going to talk to Joe. Uh, we're going to talk to Joe Theismann about that later on in the show. And talking about the national celebration of Grey Cup Sunday, uh, and I, I want to get it over to you guys as quickly as I can. Just want to uh, get the roadmap of the show. We'll be talking today to Andrew Shear, the leader of the Federal Conservative Party, right after the first break. And uh, he's a passionate CFL fan. His brother-in-law is the punter for the Seattle Seahawks, John Ryan. Uh, so that's going to be an interesting interview. But back to you, Peter. Great Cup Sunday. It It is still important in this country, is it not? Yeah. I must say, though, that initially the first part of the day is disappointment because I do have to go back and think 46 years ago what happened. Okay, well, I'm over that already. Here <laughs> well, we are. we're going to talk to Joe. You <laughs> know what? After nine, no, so we're I'm not over that already. No, you're not going to be over it because <laughs> we're anyway. going we're to get Joe Theismann on the show uh, yeah. in the yeah. middle of the hour. He's thrilled to come on, and we're going to talk about that 71 team. It's, it's, inter- it is, it's, it is, yeah. it's interesting that uh, they're, you're playing, they're playing Calgary today, and they played Calgary in 71. Yeah, and, and also, too, when you go back and talking about the tradition of the Grey Cup and, and uh, that Calgary started it all, really. In 1948, the horse in the lobby at the, at the Royal, Royal York, Royal York yeah. right? And and uh, that really sort of started. It was just another game, I think, probably at that point in time. And and, uh, and Calgary sort of started the celebration. They brought the chuck wagons and the pancake breakfast and the horse in the lobby, and it kind of took off. It really it really took off. And, uh, of course, the, the, the celebration has changed a little bit. It's I think it's a little bit more corporate now than it was before. You remember the old days when the Grey Cup was exclusively in Toronto, right? And it was, I'm trying to think what year it was they started moving it around. But Toronto, 54, they it, moved it to Vancouver. But anyway, yeah. Toronto had uh, you know, sort of had the rights to it almost forever and ever. And uh, downtown Toronto was just a zoo. I mean, every hotel was open. The lobbies were open. You could wander around. You could go anywhere you wanted in the streets and all over the place. It was a magnificent party. Uh, it's lost a little bit of that, of the of the community involvement. It's lost a little bit of that. But it's... Uh, it's still, though, it is a day when it, we celebrate a unique part of our country, and that the Canadian football is a distinct type of football, and the, the league certainly has a major part of uniting the country over the years. Yeah, it, it certainly has. We, we, we yeah. do want to chat, to chat with Andrew Shear about that. And going back to that, Peter, um, you know, we think of, I think of uh, the 1971 Argos. Uh, I was actually not a, I, 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 I think I've confessed this to you before, and uh if I, had, I was an Ottawa Rough Rider fan. That's all right. That's I'm sorry, okay. Peter. In the in the, in the mid 1960s, because there were a couple of great players on that Ottawa team. That for some reason, the uh, of course there was Russ Jackson, there was Ronnie Stewart. Uh, there was a whole bunch of them. But my favorite CFL player of all time. Mm-hmm. And when I played high school football, Naz and I, uh, we go back, uh, our, our original uh, relationship started playing for the Emory Hillman in, uh, in the North York, uh, North York High School Football League. And actually, our coach was a guy that you knew at Western, Gary Cranmer. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so that's where we go. That's where Naz and I go back. And there was a gentleman uh, on, on, the, on that Ottawa Rough Rider team, number 26. I just thought, I just thought he was the world. Whit Tucker. Mm-hmm. Uh, flanker, and then because of watching with Tucker, and uh, I wanted to be a flanker. That's what I wanted to do, and I ended up uh, getting my Emory Hillman jacket with the FL on the side, and I wore that like uh, like I was a proud peacock for years. You probably like the 
the Ottawa as well because the Argos were terrible. <laughs> until, <laughs> you know, until, we were until, really a bad team. Well, you uh, were 60, until Leo came yeah, along. And uh, but, uh, you talk about Tucker. Whit and I were teammates, right, at um, Western. Oh, I didn't realize oh, that. I thought and, and, I thought Whit Tucker went to no, UCLA. Tucker, no, 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 well, he did. He went to UCLA on a track scholarship. Yeah. Lasted about uh, six weeks and came home. And he, and he, and he, but Tucker Whit is still a good friend, and I haven't talked for a while, but we're still good friends. And Tucker may be the best natural athlete, the greatest natural natural athlete I've met. He was a starting on the basketball team. He was a starter on the football team, and he ran track. And he held uh, he held a, an Ontario track high school record forever and ever and ever. He was an amazing athlete, and uh, he could run. Man, he could run. He was and, he was smooth yep. out there. He was yep. class. I didn't realize. Uh, yep. Oh, you got to get me. He's a Windsor boy. You got to, you got to, you got to get me his autograph, Peter. <laughs> okay, I'll do that. You got to set up. I got to get a pick that. with Whit Tucker. I mean, uh, I idolize the guy. Naz, uh, I want to get you. Uh, uh, obviously, talk about your recollections of the Great Cup. Um, uh, Great Cup Sunday was it special? Special for you? Oh yeah, a lot of parties involved back in back in the day for sure. Great Cup. They're not as many as they're. There was not as many now as there was then, but it was big. It was huge when I was a kid. It was huge when I was growing up, too. And uh, tremendous, tremendous day for sure. And, uh, uh, you know, we, we sort of, and we'll pursue this a little bit more, uh, We it's almost like, in a sense, in Toronto, it's not what it used to be for a lot of, for a lot of people. Um, um, it's still it's still exciting. I you know I've talked to people this week that um, probably paid no attention to the Toronto Argonauts all season long, but they'll be watching the game tonight because yeah. it's the Grey Cup. Yeah. But uh, Peter, you you have a, you probably have a greater sense of what goes on around the country. Uh, we may have lost a little bit of that passion in Toronto, but I'm not so sure the passion's lost in some of the other cities across our nation. No, no, it's not. And um, certainly, I guess the, the epitome of love for the CFL is Saskatchewan. I mean, it's unbelievable. And uh, we, you go to a game in, in Regina, it's amazing. But, you know, when you look over the years, um, you know, lots changed in the, in the landscape of Toronto sports. I mean, you got, you know, Raptors and, and the Blue Jays and, and soccer now is, uh, is becoming big time. And I, I think the demographic has changed in Toronto. The population, the population has grown tremendously but the demographic has changed a lot of the people that live in in the Toronto area really are not we were not brought up and with football as their part of their their life and they may not have played high school football high school football like Naz and I did yeah Yeah. and you see too there's been um, unfortunately um, you know there's been a decline in in high school football the number of schools uh, that are participating at the senior level now is dropping off and there's fewer kids playing football and you know you can't um, you can't deny the fact that football has been getting some negative publicity the last little while, and from the health point of view as well. And yeah. that's all part of the part of the the problem, I think. We've got to go to break now. Before we go to break, uh, our uh, when we come back from break, we're going to have on uh, on the line the uh, leader of Her Majesty's loyal opposition, Andrew Shear, talking about passionate. Football in Saskatchewan. Andrew is uh, representing uh, a writing in Saskatchewan. He's a passionate Saskatchewan Rough Rider fan and a passionate CFL fan. We'll be back shortly. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville announced that you can get a three-topping party pizza with 24 slices for just $24. It's perfect for large groups on a budget, like staff meetings, sports teams, or special ops units. Go, 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 go! Everybody down! 
So before you break down any doors, get a three-topping party pizza with 24 square slices for just $24. Call Pizzaville on your cell phone at pound 3636. There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. Steel's Paint in Woodbridge, an enormous 20,000-square-foot superstore that carries nothing but the best. Superior staff, superior advice, superior selection, superior everything. When you have a really tough job to do, they can knock it down to size. They'll show you how to get it done right, and because they only sell the best of everything, you'll get it done to last. That means superior satisfaction. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. The best. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Bond. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. They never argue sports. They just explain while they're always correct. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village on this Great Cup Sunday. I'm your host, Walter Rigabon, and as usual with me in studio, my co-host, Naz Marchese, and also joining us in studio this morning, Toronto Argonaut legend Peter Martin. It's Great Cup Sunday. We're pleased to welcome to the Nazawali Sports Hour the leader of the Federal Conservative Party, Andrew Shear. Good morning, Andrew. How are you this morning? I'm doing very well, thanks. Really excited for the game tonight. Oh, well, we're we're certainly excited, uh, thrilled that it's Great Cup Sunday. It's a lot of meaning for uh, for Naz and I, and also for Peter Martin. Uh, but uh, Andrew, tell us, you're you're a loyal CFL fan, and uh, I presume because you're uh, representing uh, riding in Saskatchewan, you probably bleed green and white. But tell us what the Grey Cup means to you. That's right. You know, it's uh, you can't spend too much time in Saskatchewan, whether you're born there or moved there, without just becoming a, a, an avid Rough Rider fan. The whole province gets behind the team. Uh, a Friday before a game, if you go into a bank or a doctor's office, everyone's wearing green jerseys, green shirts. It's, it's really fun to see. So, you know, I grew up in Ottawa, and we had the other Rough Riders, which I always <laughs> uh, loved having a, <laughs> a league with eight teams, eight or nine teams, having having uh, two, two, two teams the same name. But... Uh, I, I, I think the, if I could say the earliest memory that I have of, of the Great Cup and of kind of how what the CFL meant and all that, it would have been, I think it was the 88 Great Cup, I think it was, that was played at Lansdowne Park when um, when Winnipeg beat BC by one point. It was uh, a lot of buzz in Ottawa. I, I would have only been about nine years old at the time, but I could just get the sense that the, the city was electric with, with people coming from all across the country to come watch the game. And, of course, it was a very exciting game that came down to the wire. So that that kind of instilled in me a, a love of sports and stuck with, stuck with it ever since. Andrew, what are your thoughts on a team in Halifax to make it a 10th team? 
in the CFL. I love the idea. I think that would be great, you know, the, to, to have a team in Atlantic Canada like Saskatchewan, you know, the whole province gets together and cheers for the team, even though it's in Regina. I, I think that there's an opportunity there to, to have a team in, in, uh, in Halifax that could, uh, you know, build on the fan base from, from everyone in Atlantic Canada. And uh, it would be wonderful that, you know, I've always viewed the CFL as a, a thing that keeps, binds us all together, that, that all Canadians can share from coast to coast. And having a team in Halifax would bring uh, a larger fan base in Atlantic Canada, people who may be interested in football but don't have a local team, uh, it would be fantastic. So if there's a way to, to make it work, I, I would just be thrilled uh, if that happened. We're talking to the Honorable Andrew Shear, leader of the Federal Conservative Party. Andrew, you grew up, uh, I guess, in Ottawa um, in a time, uh, actually, interestingly enough, the Ottawa Rough Riders were my favorite football team, although from an, I'm a little bit older than you, Andrew, so my, my, my Rough Rider era was Russ Jackson, Whit Tucker, Ronnie Stewart, and Soupy Campbell and all those guys. But tell us a little bit about... Uh, uh, growing up, uh, who are, who is your favorite team and some of your favorite players? Yeah, well, it, it would have been, you know, Obviously. it was Ottawa. Uh, my first job in high school was actually working the concessions at Lansdowne Park. So I would uh, flip burgers and make popcorn for the first three quarters and uh, and then run out and watch the watch the fourth. And uh, one game kind of sticks out. Uh, I remember, I think it was we were playing Hamilton, and Paul is balls and just kicked all these field goals. Oh, it's <laughs> It was just, uh, it was just, you know, to, to, to lose by field goals, it just felt so crushing because we were holding them to three points, but we just couldn't score ourselves. And I remember just thinking that guy had our number that day. And you usually don't, you know, to, 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 to lose a game because the other kicker's just on fire is, is rare. Uh, but but that, that game certainly stands out in my mind. My, my history teacher in high school was uh, uh, just an avid Rough Rider fan. Just, you know, he wore jerseys all the time. And uh, anytime he had to use an example on the board, he'd always put, uh, you know, if he had to, when he was explaining how a bill became law or if he was, uh, if he had to just put up a number for the sake of a number, he always put 1976 up. And it took us a while, but we figured out that was the last time that the Rough Riders had won a great cup in Ottawa. So he was just a, uh, an avid fan that kind of, uh, you know, helped, you know, inspired a lot of us to get back into football a bit. But there's some tough years there. You know, we, we lost the franchise, came back uh, as the Renegades. There was, you know, some some difficulties with, uh, with I think it was Horn Chen owning the, the, the naming rights. And, and we had a rough patch in Ottawa for CFL fans. And I'm just so thrilled that the, the current ownership group has put together a model that's working, the, the, the cities behind the team. Ottawa is not always the easiest team to support different uh, sports teams, and it, it's working. You know, the, the Red Black fan base is, is fun to watch, fun to be a part of, and uh, I, I hope I, I know Ottawa is going to put a, a great show on uh, for all the visitors from around Canada today. We're talking to Andrew Shear, the uh, leader of the Federal uh, Conservative Party. And, Andrew, I think you mentioned the 1976 Great Cup. I, I think that twigged some memories for me. Peter, was that not uh, Tom Clement and Tony Gabriel? I think that was a Tom Clement, Tony Gabriel uh, uh, Great Cup, uh, if I'm not mistaken. But, uh, Andrew, we want to go a little bit closer to home in your family. You... Uh, uh, your wife Jill, you met her uh, in university, and uh, she dragged you out to uh, to Saskatchewan. I, uh, perhaps uh, not the right adjective, but uh, uh, you ended up in Saskatchewan I, I out there. as as a result of her, and that uh, took you into a football family. Uh, we want to talk a little bit about uh, your brother-in-law. Uh, 
Uh, there's, uh, I actually saw a picture of you on the on the internet wearing a Seattle Seahawk uh, hoodie, and there's a reason for that because uh, the punter of the Seattle Seahawks, uh, sporting a Great Cup ring, a uh, Super Bowl ring, I presume, is uh, is your brother-in-law John Ryan. Tell us a little bit about, uh, um, and he's also a former CFLer with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. But uh, little battles, right. uh, you guys have a little bit of fun chatting football, you and your brother-in-law. Yeah, so uh, I, I tell you, I married into some Regina football royalty, that's, that's for sure. Uh, both of my wife's brothers played for the U of R Rams, and uh, you know the, the Rams have a, have a great story in, in Regina, uh, being a junior team that got picked up, uh, you know, made the move to university sports in the CIS, and a great football program there. Uh, J.C. Claremont was uh, was in the the Rams as well. There's been a, a few players that have gone on to to the CFL, and and John, of course, making it to the, the NFL. I think it was maybe my second or third time even being in in Jill's house, meeting her parents, and it was kind of this rite of passage. You know, if, if the the parent you impress mom and dad a little bit, they brought you into the room and they pulled out this tape from uh, John's high school career where he made this amazing <laughs> catch in the fourth quarter, and uh, and that was just part of the initiation into the family. And I'll never forget um, when Joe and I were planning our wedding date. I was talking. Uh, I'd asked her dad for permission, you know, to, to marry Jill, and uh, and he said to me, he said, just whatever you do, don't schedule your wedding on a U of R Rams game day. <laughs> and I I kind of jokingly said, well, come on, I mean, you wouldn't choose a, a football, you know, a university preseason game over your daughter's wedding. And he just looked right dead in the eyes and said, well, why would you make me choose? <laughs> and so it was pretty clear early on that the priorities there. John had an amazing career, short but amazing career in the CFL, set a record for uh, punting. He's a punter and uh, got picked up by the, the Green Bay Packers. And that was amazing. I got to go down to Lambeau a few times, watch a playoff game, great atmosphere there. They cut him kind of unexpectedly, you know, didn't really see it coming, not really a, a reason for it. So he got picked up by Seattle a, a few weeks later and been there ever since. And so we made the switch, had to trade all our Packers gear in for Seattle Seahawks stuff. Andrew, yeah, I have to ask you this question. What were your thoughts on when uh, the Seahawks were first in goal at the one-yard line <laughs> in the Super Bowl, the recent Super Bowl? And, uh, uh, yeah, you're bringing up some painful memories. <laughs> Andrew, it, we, it was mentioned earlier that your wife dragged you back to Saskatchewan. <laughs> um, I have to tell you, when I was playing for the Argos, when you didn't sign a contract, they threatened to trade you to Regina. <laughs> but the thing that was ironic, if you met anybody who had been Regina and got traded out, they were disappointed they wanted to stay, which says an awful lot about Saskatchewan and Regina. Yeah, it certainly uh, does. I, I've, you know, I've only ever lived, the only two cities I've lived in uh, are Ottawa, and Regina, so I can't compare it to, to other uh, cities. I know Hamilton has a great fan base, as do uh, you know the Argos have a, have a core committed group. But there is nothing like, I believe, the way the entire province just eats, breathes, sleeps, dies, lives, and dies. Saskatchewan Rough Riders. We we take it pretty seriously. We're passionate fans, and I, I've always got a sense that we've really treated the players well. That yeah, you know, we can be kind of critical and and drives us crazy when 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 we're not winning. But the, the the players, the the current group there at, at the Rough Riders, they do a lot of community outreach. They the players are always giving back. They're involved in, you know, everything from school literacy to to food bank drives. And uh, I know the fan base always really appreciates that. We have a, a, a Plaza of Honor induction dinner every year. I've had the great fortune to go to a bunch of them, and, and hearing some of the the legends come back 
and talk about their time there, talk about, you know, growing up in rural USA, Louisiana or Alabama, and getting told that they got a contract offer from Saskatchewan and having to look <laughs> it up. And, you know, not, not always, you know, when they look at the average temperature in, in November, not always being uh, excited about that idea, but falling in love with the city and the people, it's, it's, yeah. it is something that you're right. When, when people leave there, when they hang up their cleats, it, it's almost universal that people talk about their time in Saskatchewan with really fond memories and a real, uh, a real uh, sense that they're part of something special. Um, and we're talking to Andrew Shear. Just a couple more minutes, Andrew. And uh, I, I, am, I, am I mistaken? Is it, is it John Ryan's birthday today? I think it might be his birthday. It is his birthday. I think it's his birthday. Don't forget to call him, John. I, <laughs> uh, Andrew. I'm going to impress my wife and remind her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I read it. It's actually it was it was it was in a, a, it was in the Toronto Sun this morning uh, that uh, Steve Simmons in his column always publishes whose birthday it is today, and I, I just found it coincidental. We were going to talk. We were going to be talking to you about John Ryan, and it's and it's uh, it's his birthday today. So uh, by all means, don't forget to give him a call. Uh, a, uh, Andrew, very, very quickly here, a uh, uh, little bit of research I do. Before I come on the air, I scour the Internet, and I saw a really, really poignant picture of you uh, and your son. Your son, um, oh, I've got the name here, let me see, Henry, I believe, as uh, a flag football player. And yeah. there's, a, there's a really great picture of you, and he's playing flag football, and uh, you're congratulating him on a, on a play, and you're giving him a high five. Uh, I, I just think that's just that's that's the ultimate uh, dad son pick or dad daughter pick uh, oh. at a sporting event. Uh, tell us a little bit about what sports means to you and your family. Well, we I, my mom's side of the family were just sports nuts. I mean, everything uh, golf, baseball, football, hockey, anything. I think they even might have had NASCAR on a few times, but there's nothing else on. And I I just picked up the, the, a love of that and. Uh, there's something about just cheering for a team. I remember someone saying something to me one time about your sports team is the one thing in life that you can, you know, really just pour everything into it. Even your spouse, you know, if you showed up wearing a, a t-shirt of your spouse, uh, or your picture of your spouse in your shirt, cheering for everything she did, you know, she'd probably think you're a little bit nutty, uh, but you do that for a sports team and that's just normal. And um, I've just always loved it. And it's a way to get, Obviously, there's all the, the physical activity component that's wonderful, and, and we try to encourage our kids to turn off the TVs and get out there. So when Henry showed an interest in, in football, it just fit in naturally with one of the things I'm passionate about. And, um, you know, it's it's that break in my day, in my week. I can kind of leave my, you know, not check my work emails for a couple hours, bring them up to the field, meet with the other moms and dads, and just watch. The, the, the thing for me is the look in their eyes. You know, when, when Henry makes a catch, he's still at the age where, you know, they drop more passes than they catch. But when he makes a catch and just looks up with that, that just excitement, that, that exuberance that just pours through it. And, you know, there's, there's only a few things in life that, that give that to you. And, um, and sports is definitely one of them. And the relationships are built. So when, when you talk to players in the CFL, uh, you know, NHL, any, really any sport, when the, the bonds they make, the, the friendships they make, the, the memories they, they share, uh, it, it's part of who they are. They, 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 uh, lady that works for me, her dad is uh, Dale Potter, played for the Edmonton Eskimos. He'll still sit down and talk about stories from great cups long, you know, a few years back, and and just they're they're just it's just a wonderful experience. So I'm glad that my kids are showing an interest in it, and I don't mind 
you know, making time in my week to make sure I get out there and cheer them on. Andrew, we uh, we won't keep you much longer. I know I'm sure you've got a really busy schedule today, and I know you probably you're going to watch the game tonight. But uh, there's a team here. We got to ask you your thoughts. We can't let it go. Uh, we got to take advantage. Uh, there's a team here in blue and white as well that uh, uh, that's uh, driving up the passion of Toronto sports fans. And uh, please tell us you have a little soft spot in your heart for the Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> well, I'll tell you. Growing up in Ottawa, before we had a team, I was a Maple Leafs fan. And with my mom being from Mississauga, uh, we cheered for the Leafs all the time. And, and many a night I'd be in the basement with some friends watching watching them, uh, and trying to remember some of the names. But I remember Alan, was it Alan Bester? Was the, uh, Alan, Alan Bester. Bester. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, Wendell Clark, obviously, a few of those. Two. Boy, I'm trying to reach back there a little bit. But uh, when Ottawa got the franchise, I, I made the switch. And I, was a, I am a Sens fan. And uh, but I, I, of course, is more than just a soft spot in my heart for the Leafs. It's uh, it's a great franchise with a great history, and it would be you know if uh, obviously I'll I'll, I'll I'll keep my son's gear and all that, but uh, it's hard not to have a little bit of uh, you know excitement when the Leafs are doing well too. Anyways, uh, we've been talking to Andrew Shear, the uh, leader of the Federal Conservative Party. Andrew. Uh, we we can't thank you enough for joining us on Grey Cup Sunday, helping us. Uh, helping us celebrate Grey Cup Sunday. I hope we've given you a little bit of a break from uh, trying to solve the world's problems and uh, uh, hopefully you had a little, a little bit of fun with us. Andrew, one more thing. Prediction on the score today. Oh, geez. It's going to be tough. I think it's going to be close. Both teams are coming in with some pretty impressive uh, games in, in the playoffs. Uh, I, I, I'm going to say whoever wins, wins by less than a touchdown. <laughs> you just reminded me that you're a politician, Andrew. Thank you so much. Listen, we we right. we we really really appreciate this, and uh, we wish you the best of luck. And uh, hopefully, we can do it again sometime. Thanks so much. Anytime. Thanks so much. Really appreciate it. Thank you. That uh, that of course was Andrew uh, Andrew Shear. Uh, we're going to be going to break. Any uh, any comments, Peter? Before we go to break, I got to make a Regina story. We were in Regina playing a game, and it was after practice. And we tried to sneak out to have a beer. There's about six of us. We found a grubby little pub about eight blocks away <laughs> from the hotel. Went in. We're sitting there in the corner, and there's some people on the other side of the room. They all came over. They knew who everybody was in the room. They knew every one of us, our first name, our last name, where we went to school, how long we'd been. <laughs> oh, wow. So you talk about passion for football. They know about everybody out there. Uh, they certainly do. And uh, it'd be nice to have a. Uh, there are still some loyal, passionate CFL fans in Toronto. There is. Uh, maybe we can maybe we can add to those over the course of the next few years. Anyways, talking about passion and Toronto football, we're going to go to break, and we'll be right back after the break with Joe the Throw Theisman. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville announced that you can get a three-topping party pizza with 24 slices for just $24. It's perfect for large groups on a budget, like staff meetings, sports teams, or special ops units. Go, go, go! So before you break down any doors, get a three-topping party pizza with 24 square slices for just $24. Call Pizzaville on your cell phone at pound 3636. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics. On time, 
on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. At 20,000 square feet, Steel's Paint and Woodbridge is Canada's largest independent paint store. Big deal, right? Big deal, yes. The best brands, the best staff, the best advice, the best of everything. From color matching to brand selection, whether you're a pro or a DIYer, we'll look after you from the minute you walk in to the minute you walk in a second time as a completely satisfied customer. Big store, big deal, bigger satisfaction. Simple. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. They're not here to be nice. They're here to be right. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto on the new AM740 and broadcasting in downtown Toronto on 96.7 FM. Live streaming at www.zoomerradio.ca. We're pleased to welcome to the Nazawali Sports Hour on this Great Cup Sunday, Joe the Throw Theisman. Good morning, Joe. How are you this morning? Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Walter. How's everybody? Everybody's great. Joe, just want to let you know you have a, we have a former teammate of yours uh, in studio this morning. Of course, that he's wearing his Argo uniform, number 77, Peter <laughs> Martin. Hey, Joe. How you doing? <laughs> I'm good, Peter. How are you? Excuse my feeling a little old, little man. Forty six years ago. Forty six <laughs> years ago. That's scary, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I hope he's not wearing the pants. <laughs> no. uh, we uh, we actually did chat a little bit earlier about the the seventy one uh, Argos, and uh, obviously, uh, and with fond memories, Joe. Uh, they are still, oh. they are still a beloved, uh, and I mean this with in in all sincerity. Uh, they are still a beloved, revered team amongst an entire generation of uh, of Toronto and and Canadian CFL fans. And uh, you guys certainly that particular team and that particular era left an indelible mark in the collective consciousness of so many of us. Uh, and it's good that we can laugh about it. Um, uh, I mean, uh, I'm sure Peter and uh, and you perhaps have a different take on it. I know Joe that you you're still a huge Argos. You'd still bleed the the double blue here. I read your tweets. You've been tweeting for a week that you're excited about the game tonight. Um, very very uh, very quickly, the CFL. What is it? Uh, the Argos. What does it still mean to you? Oh, it means everything to me. It was, uh, you know, it was my first professional home. Um, I never wanted to leave Toronto after the three years I was there. I'd have been more than happy to stay. Love the people, love the city, love the game. Uh, it's such a wide open, wonderful game with such great athletes in it. You know, just to reflect back a second, what you were talking about, Walter. You know, the the group of guys that Peter and I had a chance to play with. Um, they they were I call them characters with character. Uh, it was 
It was fun to be around. They always made it fun. You never knew what Gene Mack was going to dress like. You never <laughs> knew quite if Leon McQuay was going to show up. Um, I mean, you just, it was, it, you know, with Billy Simon and, and, and uh, you know, Mike Eben. You know, Mike, you know, people don't realize Mike was a Ph.D. in Germanic languages and Paul Desjardins, our center, was a Ph.D. in chemistry. I mean, we... We probably had the smartest team in football. Matter of <laughs> fact, it's the smartest team I ever played on, yeah. um, just because of those two guys. But it was, it was, it, and of course, we're led by you know an incredible man, Leo Cahill, who was just Leo was everything that we were. He was a fun-loving guy. He was um, interesting at times. He and I used to go at it pretty much because he wanted to alternate quarterbacks and that didn't sit very well with me. <laughs> um, but we had, we had just had a great time. I mean, it was, it was a great time in my life to become a part of a professional organization to learn how to play professional football and to be able to live abroad. Basically. Joe, you were part of a game that's never happened since and never will happen again. Uh, you alternated quarterbacks every other series. Remember that game? Oh, do I remember it? <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, Greg Barton, Greg Barton. I've not been able to block it out of my memory. I've been trying. You know, I've got the hypno, gone through hypnosis, and no, really, uh, yeah, it was it was a very unique situation. Um, now, now I don't know if Greg's going to ever hear this, but I'm going to tell you the explanation Leo gave. <laughs> he said, um, "This is this is what Leo, this is the explanation Leo gave me about alternating quarterbacks." He said, "Listen, Joe," he said. Your ego doesn't have a problem whatsoever. He, he said, with your ego, he said, it, you know, it, you're unflappable when it comes to all this stuff. He said, Greg, I was a little worried about Greg. And in case something happened, I didn't want to lose him. So I felt <laughs> the best thing we could do was alternate the position. And, and I kept thinking, I don't care about yeah. Greg. <laughs> Just give me a chance to play football. And then, yeah. you know, unfortunately for Greg, he broke his little finger. And I wound up playing, you know, most of the season that way but you know that's what uh, coach said basically look he said joe i don't i don't worry about you if i sat you down you'd just fight your heart out he so said with greg I, I you know i wasn't quite sure and, <laughs> I, and I hope hawk you know appreciate that was his nickname hope he appreciates the fact this is not me saying it this was leo saying it. <laughs> we're, we're talking to joe theisman we've got peter martin in studio obviously uh some wonderful memories of an incredible football team and joe you talked about uh the incredible cast of characters, uh, you know, um, uh, it really was it really was a really special group, and and to all our listeners, there's there's there was an incredible TSN documentary that was filmed, uh, I think, a few years back, and if you if you scour around the internet, you can find it. I believe it's on iTunes. I downloaded it one time and I watched it, and I think part. Part of that was filmed at your house, was it not, Peter? It was. And there, there was an incredibly poignant scene. You guys were hang, you guys were hanging around, you know, uh, uh, sucking back a few pops, as Don Cherry calls them, calls them, uh, and you're having fun, and you could just sense, just from the outside looking at the incredible camaraderie between your guys, and then Leo showed up. And he wasn't, I guess, in the best of health, and you had to help him up yeah. the stairs or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's just like everybody's eyes lit up when Leo showed up. Uh, tell us about um, your, your – your, and, and I understand Leo's not in the greatest of health no. these days. But your remembrances of, of Leo and – yeah, go ahead, Peter, please. 
Yeah, and you know, you go back to that video, and it, it was that was sort of the '71 was a culmination of a long process, right? They, it was a gradual building. Like after Bob Shaw left, after '66, the team was a mess, right? And there was a gradual progression of getting better. We got better and better, and then we had some disappointments in getting, you know, losing to Ottawa in the Eastern Finals and things like that. And that was kind of the culmination where all the parts came together. Every year we kept a core group of guys and then we started adding different people and Gene Max and the Joe Theismans and so on. And we sort of had the package in 71. And it was Leo who kind of put the package together, right? And he always said we were his boys, right? That he was responsible for us all being there. And he used to say, all you guys have been cut or unwanted <laughs> by somebody and I took you into the fold and all this sort of stuff. So that, that was sort of part of the whole deal. Uh, Joe, uh, Leo, I guess, courted you. Uh, I mean, you were you were a superstar at the University of Notre Dame. Uh, although I'm uh, I'm a little bit in mourning over last night's. Uh, so let's let's maybe we'll do we that. <laughs> we'll do that as the last question, uh, Joe. Well, you know, we can let's do this. Let's do it right now. Notre Dame <laughs> lost last night. Let's move on now, Walter. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's about the only thing we can say last night is uh, we did not play well and. You know, wherever the bowl winds up, I think it'll be interesting to see what happens. And young Brandon Wimbush, our young quarterback, has uh, you know has a, a lot of uh, a lot of work to do to get where he needs to be to be able to lead this football team uh, in the direction it needs to go. But that you know that's that's about Notre Dame. But that's a topic. A great for, point. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead, Joe. For another time. Yeah, uh, um, want to get back to Leo. Yeah. And I know you know Leo. You were you were you're essentially a major superstar at the University of Notre Dame. Uh, if I recall correctly, you had just come off a huge victory against Texas in the Cotton Bowl, uh, and but for a monsoon at Southern Cal that year, Notre Dame would have been the national champions. And then you were this big superstar at Notre Dame, and uh, I mean that with all the sincerity. Uh, and somehow you found your way to the CFL. How did that happen? Well, it's through. It's because of Leo. Um, you know, Peter was right. Leo, we were Leo's boys. Uh, and he was very proud of what he put together. I mean, yes, I was, you know, I was a runner-up to the Heisman Trophy at Notre Dame, but then we had Granville Liggins, who uh, Granny played at Oklahoma, was an Outland Trophy winner. Jimmy Stillwagon was an Outland Trophy winner. Um, Jimmy Corrigal was a great player at Kent State. I mean, Dave Ramey had played with the, the Browns. Billy Simon had been with the Packers. Um, I mean, I can go on and on and on uh, of, of the All-Americans and the people that it's amazing how Leo was able to bring us all together. You think about it. you got guys that were voted the best in college football or darn near the best, and they wound up gravitating towards Toronto. Now, why? It, one man was responsible for that. That's why that day when you saw us see Leo walk in, was it, it was surprise. It was joy. It was um, just so many, so many memories flashed through your mind. And, you know, for me, I, I had agreed to be a Miami Dolphin in 1971. They drafted me in the fourth round. I'd agreed to be a Dolphin. I'd met with the Argonauts before, but I, I, I'd run into a contract issue. They wanted me to pay back a, a bonus if I didn't show up. And, of course, that was during the Vietnam, the end of the Vietnam War. So I didn't know what was going to happen. So I kept calling Leo. Leo was on vacation. He left Toronto going to Florida. I call him in, I call him in Buffalo, New York. I call him in North Carolina. I said, is the deal still available? He gets back. He says, fly up here. I went, we went to Herb Solway's house, sat down, and they said, look, here's the offer. It's on the table. If you leave here tonight, it's off. So I signed it. But Mr. Bassett, who owned our team, of course, owned a lot of media outlets. Uh, I said, let me just call Coach Shula and tell me, tell him what I've done. 
6 o'clock that morning, Eero Parsegia, my coach, calls me and says, what the heaven's name have you done? I said, I signed with the Argonauts. He said, I know. I just got off the phone with Shula. He's hopping, man. He's on a plane up here now. And so Shula flew up to South Bend and read me the riot act, and I wound up with three great years in Toronto. You know, and what people don't realize is, you know, because of the Canadian-American composition of the teams, you know, all of us had jobs. I mean, I worked for John Carmichael uh, at City View of Pontiac Cadillac. That was, that was you know, my off-season job. And we didn't start practice till 5 o'clock because everybody else had jobs. I mean, we didn't make that much money. And by comparison today, we made nothing. Mm-hmm. But it was, um, it, was the, it was the greatest experience I've ever had. Like I said, it was my first professional team. What a great bunch of guys. And, and anybody that's listening out there, if you work with a group of people that you enjoy going to work every day and being around, you've got a great job. I mean, if, if, if it's miserable and you don't want to go, go find something else. But I'll tell you something. We, every day we went to work. And, of course, we were at the CNE. And uh, uh, yeah, we were there, and, and they used to have the fair. So I used to take Greg. I, I, I managed to put 20 pounds on Greg just because I could eat and put nothing on. <laughs> and we'd go 5 o'clock in the afternoon before practice. We'd go have a hamburger, walk around the fair a little bit. And so I managed to eat myself into a position. <laughs> anyway, so we're talking to Joe Theismann. Uh, Joe, just a couple more minutes. Um, and uh, – we have to ask, uh, that 71 team left an indelible mark uh, with a lot of people. Uh, and they're, they're, it's sort of almost tragic in the literary sense in that you guys were the best team in the CFL that year. And, and it's like a whole series uh, of uh, incidents or transpired that uh, you weren't able to take home the Great Cup that day. Of course, there's infamous Leon McQuay fumble. It was... Tricky, didn't, tricky Dick Thornton that cut one way instead of cutting the other way. And probably the biggest factor in that entire game uh, was the fact that it rained. And that yeah, took. And that Peter, took by the way, Peter, Peter played a great Peter in the defense played a great yeah. game. We just, <clears throat> we were built offensively for speed. And the weather really prohibited us from being able to do exactly what we wanted to do. I mean, we were, we were faster. <clears throat> Excuse me. We were faster, we were quicker. Um, but I'll tell you, watching that film is the thing that jumped out at me when we sat in Peter's house and watched that film was how big the Calgary Stampeder guys were. They were a bunch of men. We were a bunch of boys still. I mean, you know, Peter had been in the league, but, you know, I, this was a whole new experience for me. And, and I, I'm looking at that film going, holy crap, look at the size of these guys. And even as I watched it so many years later, and it was, the, you know, it was the 100th anniversary of the Grey Cup uh, in Toronto at that time four years ago. But it was a... Uh, it was, I, I, you know, it wasn't the weather. I didn't play that well in the game. And, and you know, we, we made some mistakes in the football game. Um, they made some mistakes. It turned out to be a heck of a game. Unfortunately, it didn't go the way we wanted to. But, you know, what's important is that the Argonauts will get, get, to, get to go against Calgary again uh, today. And uh, it's for some of us, it's maybe a little bit of redemption some, you know, 40 years later. The biggest acquisition over the offseason was Mark Trussman. What are your comments on Mark Trussman's coaching ability, Joe? Well, Mark, you know, Mark and I have been friends for well over 35 years. Um, we've, we communicate almost on a weekly basis. Um, I was excited when he got the Montreal job as a head coach job up there, and he took, you know, took him, I think, three great cups and one two. Uh, when he had the opportunity, when he took over the Argonauts, I actually went to training camp with the guys and spent uh, a day up there with them, talking to them before the season started. 
and having a chance to uh, be around the players. And, you know, all I basically kept telling, I sat in the quarterback meetings, and I said, listen, trust Mark. That's all I'm asking you guys to do is trust him, and he's going to get you where you want to go. And that's the kind of coach he is. He's, a, he's an unbelievably bright man. He's a wonderful person. Uh, well, like I say, he's one of my dearest friends in the world. Um, and, you know, what he's done in Toronto, you know, I mean, th- th- maybe the record's just 9-9, nine and nine, but they're playing for the championship. And, they, you know, here's the thing. I go back to the New England Patriots, who were 18-1, and one, and the Giants, who were 9-7. and seven. And The Giants beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl. And, you know, I know that Calgary has posted a great record. They've struggled a little bit over the last month or so. But, you know, they've won a lot of football games. And the Argos have won nine. But it doesn't matter right now. It does not matter right now. Right now they're in the championship game, and it's one game. It's, it's got all the chips on the table. And now you go give it your best shot. You know, just look at the Red Blacks last year against Calgary. Nobody gave them a chance to be able to win. And with Henry Burris at the quarterback position, they wound up winning the Grey Cup. And I'm excited for today. Don't care about any NFL game. The Redskins play on Thursday anyway. <laughs> and uh, I'm just going to park myself right in front of the TV and watch the Grey Cup. Anyways, we've been talking to Joe Theismann. Uh, Joe, uh, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, I'll let you and Peter uh, say goodbye to each other, uh, former teammates. Thanks, Joe. Good, see you. Thanks, Good talking to you again. Take care. Peter, you too. I look forward to getting up okay. to Toronto and getting together for dinner. So. Yeah, perfect. Thanks again, Joe. Appreciate Take care, it. Guys. Bye-bye. Take care. Joe Theismann, uh, former Toronto Argonaut legend. Uh, the one uh, we're going to move on and want to talk about today's game, but uh, just to finish up this conversation, Peter, the one lingering memory from that day, from that day 40, uh, mm-hmm. that 71 game, anything that really has stuck out in your mind in any, in any way uh, that perhaps you would have wished had it been done differently or what, uh, when you think about that game, what comes to mind? Uh, I don't know. It really, it, it, it was just one of those things that, um, we were the better team. You mentioned that. And, um, we just didn't play up to our potential. Simple as that. And we blew an opportunity and, uh, we never got another chance. In the regular season, you all up. Oh yeah. Yeah. We kicked them. And then we, we got away from our game plan, whether it was weather, whatever, but, uh, uh, we just didn't uh, do what we had to do. And, uh, and that's sports. That's it. Yep. It happens. Mm-hmm. Anyways, let's talk about today's game. I know we were talking about it earlier in the show, uh, um, uh, Peter. Uh, how you? Uh, how do you? Yeah. How do you see today's game going? Well, you're looking. I look at the paper. You know, everybody's picking the Calgary Stampeders. They know they're seven point favorites, and probably should be. Um, you know, they played two games this uh, year, and the Calgary won both decisively. I think. The last time they played, though, was in August, and I think the Argos are a much better team now than they were in August. They really are a much better team, and I agree with Joe. You throw the record out, the season record out the window when you get to Grey Cup. I, I like the Argos' chances. I really do, and I think it's Tressman's one of the reasons because he's so organized. He's so meticulous, and, and Dickerson's, a, Dickerson's a good coach as well. Don't take anything away from him, but I think Mark Tressman is the key here. He is an amazing coach and what he's done. You know, this game today is <clears throat> this team reminds me of the 82 team, right? You remember mm-hmm. 82? Was that Joe Barnes and Joe Barnes Holloway? Probably, 81, yeah. the Argos yeah. were what, 2 and 14. And 82, mm-hmm. OB takes them to the Grey Cup. They lose, right? So 82 went from worst to first. This team went from worst to first, right? Last five wins last year, and they're going to 
the Grey Cup. Now, they didn't win the Grey Cup in 82, but they won it the following year. year. They won it the following year. So there's a lot of parallels there. And it... You know, Pop and, and Trestman have done a nice job of, of um, you know, talent, bringing in new talent and, and taking them time to get to work together as a team and, and so on. And uh, I, I hope they win today, and I, and I think they might win. If, but if they don't win today, amazing steps forward, amazing steps forward as far as organization and talent. And the next question would be, you know, looking beyond today, what happened? Can they keep the nucleus together? And I think that's the key. Is that this is a building block, hopefully, to greater things to come. It'll be great if they won today. If they don't, can they carry the momentum into next year? And can we look at sort of, I hate to use the word a dynasty, but a, a team that's going to be a powerhouse for a while? They have to. The, the Argos have to take advantage of the fact that the Leafs are supporting the Argos. You know, you had Austin Matthews mm-hmm. at the game, yeah. Morgan Riley at the game, Mitch mm-hmm. Marner at the game last week. You had Mike Babcock at the game supporting Saskatchewan. They have to take that and push it forward yeah. because the, well, the marketing is—it's there for them to grab. Yeah, but it's—it's so—it's so—it's so much easier to market a successful team. Yeah. Well, that, that's going to be—that's going to be how, what happens with that, that down the road too. But it all starts with with the product. It starts mm-hmm. with the product, and and you know the key right now is the best deal the Argos ever made. Is to Ricky Ray. I mean, you got to talk about Ricky Ray. I mean, he, you know, he won it in 2012 when he came his first year, uh, and uh, what he did this year, and th- that's the key with Mark Tressman. Mark Tressman takes a guy like Ricky Ray. A lot of people had written him off, right? You know, they're saying they were critical of the Argos for letting go of some of these young quarterbacks, which may come back to haunt them because Ricky Ray's near the end of his career. But Mark Tressman took Anthony Calvillo, who was an old quarterback, and made him look like a young rabbit again. And he's done the same thing with Ricky Ray. He's, he's, he's responsible for Ricky Ray's uh, coming back to his old form this year. And, of course, that's the one caveat with the Argo situation. That Ricky can't play forever. <laughs> and, and Henry Burris is even suggesting that he may, if they win the game today, he may ride off into the sunset like he did you know, as a Grey Cup winner. But... Uh, Mark, I can't say enough about Mark Trestman and what he has done in a short period of time. He took the job in February. Winner. In February, he's a winner. he got the job in February, yeah. right? Yeah. Incredible and, stuff. And, and what they have done, and uh, so it's. Uh, I wish them well, and then, um, and then, but Trestman and Pop can't do any more than what they've done. It's up to the front office and the management people to take what he has done with the product on the field, win or lose today, and parlay that into success next. They week. have one of the greatest names in pro sports. The area goes in Bear Woods. <laughs> what a great name! Yeah, and then, you know that's wonderful Mons. Remember them? <laughs> wonderful. Yeah. Well, that's that's the thing that that we talked before the show that. The, what the Argos, I think, has, they have to do is that take advantage of uh, get some player identification within yeah. the community. I mean, you mentioned Bear Woods, you mentioned Wilder, uh, you may, yeah. and you go on and on and, 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 and try to get the people that, that, that people can associate and relate to. And, you know, you talk to Joe and he talked about people about the 71. It was player identification yeah. was critical. And Saskatchewan, it's player identification. Everybody knows everybody and they, so on and so forth. And somehow or other, we have to come back to that here in Toronto so that the people, when you walk down the street and say, do you know anybody who plays for the Argos? If you ask somebody on the street in Toronto who plays for the Argos, they may mention Ricky Ray and maybe Wilder or That's whatever. About That's about it, right? Yeah. And that, that shouldn't be that way. It should be that that people have other names that they can uh, bring forward. Peter, there's uh, we only got two minutes left, mm-hmm. and uh, I, we can't let the show go without, uh, without talking about... Uh, 
uh, a fantastic, fantastic college football team that mm. you, hey. that's your alma mater. The Vanier, the Vanier Cup was yesterday. Yeah. The U- University of Western Mustangs uh, accomplished something. Uh, yeah. First of all, an undefeated season, I think 12-0. and 0. I don't know what the exact number is, but mm-hmm. they just absolutely obliterated yep. their competition in the last six games, and, 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 and uh, we were talking, are they... They have to be in the discussion of one of the greatest college football team ever in Canada. You're, well, you're... They, they're good. There's no question they're good. And I was I went back and looked it up. I had forgotten that they hadn't won it in 26 years. Or yeah, since '94. It's, it's, it's unbelievable because they have always had a very competitive program, right? They've always been a very competitive program, but have never gone the uh, the full distance. And uh, hats off to Greg Marshall. He's done a wonderful job there with the recruiting and so on. But I watched the game, and, and they're solid everywhere. I mean, they played great defense. They were tenacious on defense. Uh, they could run the football. And the speed the out of the backfield. Merchant, uh, their quarterback, was, was magnificent, running that zone read and knew when to give it to the back, knew when to run himself, and made some great throws in key situations. They flew around the field on defense. It really was a great performance, and um, hats off to them. And I, I'll have to go and take a look at their roster because, you know, if they're as young as I think they are, man, they could <laughs> it's be good. Let's go for a yeah. while. But they bring up a problem, though. They bring up a problem, though, that the uh, CIS has. I mean, you can't have playoff games when, the, when you win 80-6. to six. You can't. 81 3 last 81-3. You yeah. can't have playoffs where you win three games in a row and score over 70 points. You can't have that. You, somehow or other, they're going to have to deal with the competitive imbalance. Unfortunately, Peter, our time has come to an end for this. Why don't this you go great... two hours? Why don't you talk <laughs> management into going two hours? <laughs> we'll see what we can do. Yeah. Anyways, it's always a pleasure to see you, Peter. It's fun. Thank it's you. great to see you with your 77 Argo jersey on. Yeah. And. Uh, Hopefully, again, we talk again and see each other again real soon. Yeah, go Argos. 24-20 Argos. Go Argos, go. To all our listeners, have a fantastic week. Enjoy the Great Cup. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.